Because this is Trey's team. And that's nothing against Jimmy. We, we made that decision a, a year ago, and we're going with that. And we're not going to mess around with that anymore. Um, and I don't think we really have messed around with that much. But once we made that decision, we did. And um, Jimmy understands that fully. Uh, there's, um, he's a big guy, and it's nothing against him either. That's a business decision, and um, that's what makes it not awkward. Um, yeah, it's tough, but, but there's contracts or stuff that you have to do. And that's what, when I feel like we're doing that as good as we can. And that is possible because of the type of guy Jimmy is and the type of relationship we have. And, and the circumstances. It's everyone, I think, if you look at it, you can see why it got to this with the surgery and when it happened. And we understand it, and it'll take care of itself. But um, Jimmy knows we're going with Trey. Trey knows we're going with Trey, and our team does. So that's and everyone likes both the guys. So it's it is what it is. Kyle Shanahan with that completely unsuspicious, lustrous head of jet black hair. Woo. Uh, talking about Trey Lance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. We don't see the guy for six months, and he shows up looking like Johnny Cash. Come on, man. Well, he's Come got on, great man. hair. I don't know what to say. I mean, look at his dad. I'm, his dad's got a full I'm, head of hair, and he's, you know, I'm not up there. Saying, I'm not saying anything about the thickness. I'm talking about the color. Oh, I could tell there's you little, my friend would little, never color his hair. A, I could tell you that. A little, I could a, tell hey, you. He was coloring the beard at one point. He experimented with coloring the beard, and he ditched that. I'm telling you. That ain't normal black. Well, that ain't natural black. Take it from someone who once experimented with coloring his own no, hair, no, no, and I no. don't now. Yeah, I'm going to take I, it from someone one, who doesn't know a lot about hair, and you're not a, you don't work at a salon, okay? And I, I'm if telling my you, friend, if I'm he is dying his hair, first off, he would dye the sideburns that have gray there. Like I don't think he would do that. I'm tell, well, no, he no. left a little. He left a little gray for effect. There's a little. There's a little streak on top. I'm telling you, well, I, that ain't real. If I find that out natural. that his hair is being dyed and it's that color, I promise you, I'm going to make fun of him to his face on this show, and I'll never stop. I promise you. I just would be shocked. I don't think he'd do that. I'll find the photograph also of the period of time when that beard was black from ear to ear. But nevertheless, this is about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Okay, so uh, it's Trey's team. We're we're not going to mess around with that anymore. Good, good. And they acted like they didn't mess around with it much. Yes, they did. When the owner is out there talking about how Steve Young sat on the bench for four years and maybe Trey will do that. Yes, they did mess around with it. They were trying to play this game that we're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo because that was part of their leverage to get the trade package they wanted. Because, look, if you act like you don't want to trade the guy, you can get more for him from somebody who really wants him. If you don't want to keep the guy, it's harder to get what you really want unless you've got four teams chasing him like the Texans did with Deshaun Watson. They finally realized how asinine that was, and I give Kyle credit from the – Tim Kawakami podcast. We played it yesterday. If you watched the show yesterday, you knew where this was going because Shanahan already said so. They are not going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on that team. He's going to be gone by week one. And if they can't trade him, they're going to cut him. He passed his physical last night. The $7.5 million injury guarantee goes away. His salary is completely unguaranteed unless he's on the roster week one. He's not going to be on the roster week one. They're going to cut him if they can't trade him. He's apparently on board with it. Good for the 49ers. They screwed around with this for too long, Chris. Smart move to go into this training camp with nothing to drag down Trey Lance. He's your guy. These mixed signals were not going to help him become who who he needs to be to justify the draft pick. 
to justify the trade to put themselves in position to make the draft pick. Smart move by the 49ers to go all in with Trey Lance. Yeah, right. I mean, all of it. I mean, just the, the, the questions from the media, just the Jimmy Garoppolo presence and that conversation constantly hovering over the football team. You say what you want. It's annoying. It's a distraction. It takes away from the team's ability to kind of focus on what they need to focus on, let alone Trey Lance. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy, too, as a guy that roots for the 49ers because of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I want to see them do, do well, and I think this is a big step. You know, I don't fault them. You know, I'm with you. I thought it was dangerously close a little bit in the spring at times to go, and man, this is, you know, you're making hard, life hard on yourselves out there in San Francisco by, you know, confusing or, or at least adding some fuel to this conversation with Garoppolo and everything out there. Uh, but but uh, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to fault them for taking their shot and trying to make it happen. I'm glad, like you're saying, they're finally abort mission, abort mission. We're not going to get what we wanted for Jimmy Garoppolo and some, unless something m- miraculous happens around the league here in the next month. And let's just start to frame our team around Trey Lance and get everybody to buy into that, the fan base included, and this is the new lifeline of the 2022 49ers. I think it's the right approach, and I'm glad to see they're doing it. And they're going to keep him out of practice, even though he's been cleared, because if he gets injured, if he has something happen, if he's one of the guys that gets lost for the year in training camp, $25 million becomes guaranteed if he's on season-ending injured reserve. So it sounds like they're all on the same page. We'll get to that in a second. For now, though, the idea of removing the guy from the mix that all the players love. Here's George Kittle and other 49ers teammates talking about the new guy that they better learn to love because Trey Lance is taking over. I can't wait. I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know, I think I've had pretty good success with uh, you know every quarterback that I've played with so far here. I mean, I don't make those decisions, so she, she just told me that. They told me that Kyle said that before I walked in here, so I wasn't uh, blindsided, but... Um, you know, I guess that was that's what we know now. And uh, you know, I love love Jimmy, um, love Trey. Um, like I said, I don't make those decisions. So if that's the decision they're you know deciding to make, um, you know, we're all all with it. It's nice that Kyle came out and finally you know said it publicly. But I felt like we all kind of felt that and saw that um, in OTAs and whatnot. So it's not too much of a shocker or a new thing, but. Um, definitely excited for Trey and excited for us. Trey definitely brings a completely different dynamic uh, to the football field than anything I've played with before, so I'm looking forward to it. His progress from being a rookie day one of OTAs last year through training camp through the season and then through OTAs this, like through OTAs this last couple months, is he's gotten better. I mean, I can see that, and I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like He has gotten better. If he stunk, I'd tell you guys he stunk. He doesn't. Um, but he's gotten better, and he's, he's going to continue to progress. And I think the more games that Trey plays, the better he's going to get. And it's just going to be up to us to be around him and to help him out as best we can. What relieved that this season you won't be getting asked, Jimmy or Trey? I bet you one you guys still asks me. I put money on it. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I, you never know. You guys are crazy out there. Yeah, George Kittle was at the center of this conversation for over a year because he was the one who was most clearly supportive of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they really did take a hell of a risk last year, and they almost got to the Super Bowl. And here's the problem. If they had gotten to the Super Bowl, could they have moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. 
That'd have been interesting, especially if they won it. I'd say no, they couldn't have. They'd probably have to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo one more year. You know, getting there to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would think that would sway things in his favor. But if he misses a few big throws like he did against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, that might be enough, too, to go, okay, yeah, you got us the Super Bowl. But, damn, you know, we've seen two of them now, and you can't make the four or five throws that we need to win it. So, uh, I I don't know. It would be interesting. I think it would have to have probably been a Super Bowl win altogether. But either way, this is a good thing, again. You know, I I know Shanahan said, hey, Trey knows it, Jimmy knows it, the team knows it. No, the team didn't know it, definitely. We saw Eric Armstead there say he was told on the way in. You know, I'm sure guys on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, they had a clue that it's going that way, but they were probably still wondering, you know, how Shanahan's going to deal with this, how's it going to work out in training camp. So this kind of puts finality to it, and I think it's a good thing. And now it just can be focused on Trey and what he can do for the offense. And like George Kittle said, you know, I don't expect it to be perfect quarterback-wise compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. There's going to be some mistakes and some interceptions and missed throws. But I do think with his vast skill set, that, and then you couple that with Shanahan and the talent they have in that offense, that they can have an offense that is more dangerous than it's been with Jimmy Garoppolo. It might not be always as consistently working machine, but I think it could be more dangerous, which could be, lead to being a better football team ultimately when it comes to December and January. George Kittle said as to Trey Lance, he's gotten better. If he stunk, I'd tell you guys he stunk. Would he really tell no, us that? No, he would though? not. He, he would wouldn't not. tell us that. Because there's a lot of people out there last year that told me privately that Trey Lance stunk in training camp and early on. And they, they said it, and they weren't coming out and publicly saying that. They know that. He's, he's, the, he's the crown jewel of the 49ers organization. I don't care who you are. If you're George Kittle making $16 million a year or whatever, you know that that's the, the prized possession of Shanahan and Lynch. They're not going to say anything bad about him. You know, they, know, they know how delicate that conversation is. The, and here's the other reality. They fell out of love with Jimmy Garoppolo for one primary reason. They couldn't count on him to stay healthy. So what happened last year when Trey Lance started a game? He injured his knee. Yeah. That's the other thing that we need to be cognizant of. Right. Can he stay healthy? Big question. You don't know what a guy's durability is going to be at the NFL level, especially when he played at North Dakota State. No offense to North Dakota State, but that's not the highest level of college football. So he hasn't really been in that physical grind. Last year, two starts, two injuries. Knee against the Cardinals, finger against the Texans. That's an important consideration as well, and they better feel pretty good about their backup because chances are they're going to need him at some point. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the things that, that scared me about Trey Lance. I mean, as much as he's got the big-time talent and some things you really like, you know, yes, I'm still not sold on his throwing. I'm not, you know, and I do I do look at the arm fatigue. That conversation is something to look out for with his motion. I can understand the arm fatigue happening, but the health is, is, is real too. You know, again, I it, it's similar to – Another North Dakota State quarterback, all right, Carson Wentz. You know, one of the things when he came out in the draft, my number one worry about him was injuries. Why? He was a safety. He went there at North Dakota State to play safety. I don't know if he's really, you know, that all-encompassing natural quarterback that way. So he had that a little bit of a physical nature to him. And he showed that at North Dakota State. And, yeah, didn't get hurt. But to your point, it's not, you're not playing the same type of talent week in and week out and doing that. And we've seen what happened with his career. And I do worry about that with Trey Lance. And guess what Trey Lance was? He was a guy that nobody in college football wanted to play quarterback. They wanted to play safety in the secondary. 
You know, so that's where I do question how natural he is at some of that stuff, sliding, get out of a danger's way, because I think he has a little bit of that mentality of let me lower the shoulder. I'm a safety. I can hit this guy, too. And that doesn't really bode well for a starting NFL quarterback. Boy, that would be the ultimate irony if they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because he can't stay healthy and they replace him with a guy who can't stay healthy. But we'll see. Many chapters left in the book of Trey Lance. Now, for Jimmy Garoppolo, look, the 49ers need him to cooperate with their plan for disengaging, which consists of apparently sitting and waiting and hoping that some quarterback playing for another team gets injured and is out for the year, and that team wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's John Lynch, GM of the 49ers, talking about the question whether Jimmy Garoppolo has tried to bring this to a head now and requested his release sooner rather than later. He hasn't had that. Um, you know, I think we've had multiple discussions, and I, I, I do believe that, um, you know, when he left, um, you know, we've never had, you know, Jimmy, when he gets out of here, he's out of here. So it wasn't like we had ongoing conversations, but we spoke when he left. And, you know, we had a pretty good understanding of, of what was going on. And, uh, you know, because of the, the surgery and, and the ramifications of that in other teams' eyes, you know, nothing's transpired as of yet. But he's here. He's reported. We'll see what happens in the physical and we'll move forward, um, you know, accordingly. He's cleared to practice. But um, he does have a throwing program that, like all guys do when they get elbow or shoulder surgery, anything with your arm, you there's a there's a protocol on how you build them up so they don't uh, re-aggravate that. And he'll be doing that on the side and things. We don't plan on practicing them with the team and things like that. And we'll take it day by day and um, constantly talk with them and hopefully can figure out the best for both. He made it a lot harder with the surgery. I think that's why everyone knows the situation we're in. Um, and we, we understand that, so we're not trying to kid ourselves or play any game. I think the whole league understands that. Um, but you also can't just give... Um, one of the better quarterbacks in the league just make him available for no reason to the whole world so um, and the good thing is you can have those conversations with Jimmy and he understands that too um, so we're going to try to do the both for both sides the best for both sides um, but there's things we got to work through see th- there is the potential for awkwardness here if Garoppolo starts agitating for finality because they will cut him if they can't trade him they're not going to p- keep him on the week one roster. No. That, that is now known. And, and that was my concern all along for Jimmy G. You sit there and you wait for an opportunity for the 49ers to trade you. And he's going to have a voice in this because no one's just going to take on his $25 million salary unless somebody does lose a starting quarterback and panic and give the 49ers what they want and not try to squeeze Jimmy G to take less. He's going to find himself come early September with no job, no prospects, and he's going to be starting from scratch. He's not going to be ready. This is going to be a wasted year for him potentially Could be. if he doesn't get traded and he gets dropped onto free agency as everybody else is getting ready to go forward with the season. Yeah, no, I, I know. That's right. I mean, it, it's going to be hard for him certainly to find a spot and say, oh, you're going to be the starter. You know, that that's almost, I think, impossible at this point. Uh, I, yeah, they're going to they're gonna have him there. Shanahan says, yeah, we're not going to give away one of the better quarterbacks in the league just for nothing. But ultimately, I think that's just what has to happen. I mean, again, I think it's going to take something, you know, miraculous. And and, and I mean that in a way of like some unforeseen circumstance with another team in the quarterback situation for that to happen. Other than that, I'm with you, Mike. You know, it's probably going to give him mid to late August. They're finally going to cut him and realize, okay, let's just get get it over with. And yeah, he's not going to have enough time to go somewhere and be a starter. It's going to be one of those where a team's going to go, okay, you know, maybe it's the Texans again. 
let's we got Davis Mills. We think he could be good, but let's bring in Garoppolo just in case it doesn't go the way we think. Okay, maybe by week four or five, Garoppolo, if Davis Mills isn't playing well, we can bring him off the bench and he'll save the day. I feel like that's where it's going to go. He's got to pick one of those spots, kind of be choosy and go, eh, this might fall apart at some point. Let me go to that spot. I, I could see that being a possibility. And some would react to this entire discussion and say, wait a minute, if nobody wanted Jimmy Garoppolo all along, why do they suddenly want him now, barring some sort of catastrophic injury situation? There's a difference now, though. The 49ers have dropped the facade of thinking they're going to get a second-round pick or more from Jimmy Garoppolo. It is full-blown fire sale time. So if you're a team that would have been interested in Jimmy Garoppolo in March— but we're not going to give up what the 49ers wanted and still may have interest. Now's the time to just make an offer. This is or best offer time for the 49ers. They don't have a price. They just want something. They don't want to give him away. They don't want to cut him. And if they cut him, they have to worry about him going to Seattle. I don't know how worried they really are about that because I don't know that Seattle would be interested. But they may be able to get something. I I said the ceiling is a fifth-round pick because that's what Baker Mayfield generated for the Browns. But this is the time, if you've been avoiding contacting the 49ers about Jimmy Garoppolo because there's no way in hell you're going to give them a second-round pick, now's the time where you just make an offer, conditional seventh-rounder. I don't know. Just make any offer because maybe you'll get him because maybe they'll take what they can get. And Jimmy Garoppolo will do a reasonable restructuring of his contract now because he'd rather land somewhere else now than wait until September. So there is an opening. Yeah. I mean, there is a possibility. Somebody who has been waiting, head low, mouth shut, can just pop up now and say, how about a six-round pick? And they get a deal done. I know. The, the thing is, is like you look at it and go, who, who are those teams? Who's going to do that? Like, who, who is somebody out there that's going to, you know, make that move? Because he is also one of those guys that, you know, hey, we have our starter – but maybe he's young, you know, we don't want to have Jimmy Garoppolo behind him, right? So some of those teams might not be involved. That's just where, you know, I'm, again, I'm just kind of free thinking here. I, I do, I just, I wonder who's going to make a play or want him at this point. You know, a team that I've brought up is Detroit a lot. Like, if I'm Detroit, I'm bringing Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not trusting Jared Goff to go through the whole year. If he struggles out of the gate, boom, I'm pulling the trigger on that, getting him out, and we're going to start to build something with Jimmy Garoppolo in Detroit. I see the Houston Texans, certainly, you know. Uh, but after that, you know, you brought up Seattle. I just have all, I'm not sure exactly, you know, where it is because, like you said, too, the table is set in so many different places that it, it's hard to, to kind of figure. You know, I, I thought Miami would Daniel, you know, Mike D- McDaniel, but you know, they do have Teddy Bridgewater. There's not that that's not going to happen. You know, so I, that, that's the hard place is the, the where to place him is the hard thing to figure out. Well, Atlanta makes sense. I know. Yep. If 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 they're not in full season tank mode, right? Because, see, some of these teams may be wanting to let nature take its course. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could make a four-win team into a nine-win team, but maybe the team that's on track to be a four-win team is content to be a four-win team because they hope to get their franchise quarterback in next year's draft. I was on yesterday with our good buddy Chris Mad Dog Russo, new Radio Hall of Famer, Yeah, and he and I were talking about this, and I'm reluctant to even mention Miami because I got enough to worry about without two and on being up our butts. But Miami does make sense. I mean, if we're going to do the basic analysis of which guy is better 
Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Tua, and he knows the offense. He could walk right through the door. And you're right. It's not like you can add Jimmy Garoppolo to the quarterback room, but but you give Tua a chance in training camp. But see, the problem is they're all so focused on building up Tua that they're never going to say he stinks. George Kittle, if he stunk, I'd tell you. They're not going to tell us if he stinks. They're going to keep trying to make chicken salad. When And you just wonder behind the scenes if Mike McDaniel is saying, I, I got a guy that can make us into that playoff team. I got, I got a guy. I know him. He can run this offense. We wouldn't be going through any of this stuff. I know. Get the ball to Tyreek Hill. I know. Do all the stuff in the running game. I got a guy. And then we got Teddy Bridgewater to back him up if he gets injured. I Two and on, I'm sorry. Chris, am I wrong? Is Jimmy Garoppolo better than Tua right now? Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo for sure, 100%. There's no doubt about that. You're right. But I just think, to your point, they're too far in. They're too deep in. They're going to try to make it work to where I don't think they want to make things, you know, confusing in that way for their football team, a little like with the 49ers. They want to frame it around Tua, just like the, the Niners want to do Trey Lance. So I don't disagree with what you're saying. And as I just sit here, I'm just continuing to think about this going, you know, yeah, so if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're not going to have a real chance. What do you What do you do next? I don't. You, you try to. I guess go to a team where you think. Wait, if I do play, they're going to set me up and put me in a good spot, right? I mean, that's the next thing I think about. I'm trying to just kind of put myself in his shoes here. And teams that you know, I look at, like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a team, if he's willing to go, wait, I, I know I'm not going to be the starter, but Dak Prescott, he's been injured, and he can play a physical brand of football. And if I do get on the field there, they got some talent on offense to where I can look the way I need to look to be a starter the next year. You know, that's the, those are the situations he has to look at. Because I'm on the, the Dallas Cowboys, and you're Jerry Jones, who wants to win a Super Bowl, and he wouldn't have Mike McCarthy, you know, if he wasn't, he didn't think he could lead him there. Well, let me just tell you, if your quarterback gets hurt, Will Greer and Danucci aren't taking you there. I could just tell you that much right now. And that's where maybe he needs to find one of those type of teams, Mike, that we need to dig into a little bit. We have to break, but I have to say this before we go back to the Dolphins. Yeah. Prime example of team that made a mistake instead of acknowledging the mistake, doubling down. Instead of saying, we just got it wrong with Tua, we should have taken Justin Herbert. They're doubling down. They're going all in. Even though they've already seen enough, I think to know that Tua isn't the guy that he was supposed to be. I believe that. I'm sorry. No, you can definitely. call me a Tua hater if yes. you want. Clip the video. Part turn of the it reason on. Brian Flores ain't there. Definitely. But but team, wait, there's two types of teams in the NFL. There's teams that acknowledge their mistakes and move on to something better. Or there's the teams that are so stubborn and so dysfunctional about refusing to admit that they made a mistake that they do exactly what the Dolphins are doing with Tua that they're going all in on a losing hand because they don't want to admit that they have a losing hand. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with some other news from around the NFL and a little round of buy or sell when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Give us a Ben camp story when you think about Roethlisberger, all the camps, what your, one of your funnest, fondest memories of <laughs> I enjoyed going by Ben's room, you know. Um, ben is one of those guys, man, that brought the comforts of home to Latrobe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he spared no expense, man, or amenity. 
Um, I walked in that room today and I laughed because Cam Hayward is in that room now. Um, but it's less, it's, it's less comfortable. I'll say that. Cam is somewhat of a caveman. <laughs> hey, That's at good. least Ben, at least Ben stayed in the dorm. Remember the story about Antonio Brown getting his own place yes. off campus? Yeah, and I know. Mike Tomlin letting him do it. And that's, that's hey, these aren't these aren't these are dorms. And it, I, I, I know. I grew up going into these dorms Cinder with my block father, walls, baby. Right. I mean, it's not it's not like this, you know, Hollywood story or oh man, these million dollar football players are being pampered. No, they're the training camp. They're sharing toilets and living in some crappy room. And yeah, you got to do some you know do some decorating for sure to make yourself comfortable. On behalf of St. Vincent College, I have to say that our accommodations are perfectly fine. I've been the in there. They're human. okay. If you jam a couple of football players into it, it might get a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, buy or sell time. Steelers quarterback competition is Mitchell Trubisky's to lose. Are you buying or selling? I'm buying that. I am. I do think it's his to lose. One, I think, you know, he's he's got very – you know, very good talent, underrated talent, better than I think people give him credit for at times. And yeah, I, I just look at them. I don't think they're going to want to throw their rookie into the fray right away. So I feel like it'll be Mitchell Trubisky. Mike Tomlin said yesterday he's not going to micromanage or overmanage the situation. There's not going to be daily updates, throw by throw. And look, it's always easier to start with the veteran and move to the rookie if the veteran isn't getting it done and you think the rookie is ready. Once you go with the rookie, it becomes much more difficult to say, eh, we were wrong, we're going to sit him, and we're going to put the veteran in. That doesn't help the rookie's long-term growth. And, Chris, we've talked about this before. I remember when Ryan Tannehill was drafted by the Dolphins 10 years ago and he was third string. It's like, yeah, okay, sure he is. But they need the guy to build some confidence, and they need the team to believe in him. That was the point you made about Kenny Pickett showing up in Carolina if the Panthers had drafted him. Yeah. They start seeing that Sam Darnold throws the ball better and they're trying to force Kenny Pickett into the starting lineup. That doesn't work either. No, exactly right. It doesn't work. You know, and again, I, I think, you know, throwing wise, yeah, he he could be, you know, a little bit more rivaling a Mitchell Trubisky. We'll see. Trubisky, I mean, again, the preseason last year looked pretty clean. You know, we'll see if he's fixed some things and, and maybe learned a few new things up in Buffalo last year. You know, again, I think it was part of the bad look we've thought about Trubisky. Hey, Dill, it's 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 the the Bears' offense and what he was involved with. Nobody's like saying that was any good at all. It was not good. It was a tough situation. I'm I'm kind of like hopeful that he can kind of show us something this year and maybe you know stake his claim as kind of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. You mentioned Buffalo back in 2014. Instead of standing pat and taking Aaron Donald or Odo Beckham Jr., they traded up for Sammy Watkins. He's now in Green Bay. He's on the non-football injury list. Buy or sell, Watkins will be a top two receiver for the Packers this year. Yeah, I'm selling that all day long. I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't trust Sammy Watkins as far as dependability is concerned or being able to, again, Aaron Rodgers, you so into everybody being on the same page, and here's a guy that can't really practice or do that. So, no, one, Randall Cobb is still there, all right? I think Christian Watson uh, is going to be part of this conversation. Alan Lazard, I think, is going to be the guy they lean on maybe even the most early on because he's, he's big, he's good, he's been there, you know? And then there's a guy like Amari Rogers going to you know, pop up. But, yeah, it's not a lot of, like, you know, big-time names there. But I, I do think Christian Watson is the type of guy that will be one of the top two. And then it's just figuring out whoever it is, and my money's not on Sammy Watkins. 
No, I think Lazard, contract year, right. and mark it down, he's going to be a Bronco next season. He's going to get reunited with Nathaniel Hackett in Denver and join that receiving core. He has an incentive to have a big year on his way out the door and on his way to free agency. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, first-round pick a couple of years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl and had pick number 32. Buy or sell, he will live up to his first-round status in his third NFL season. Sell, sell. It's not going to happen, at least not from what I was expecting. You know, I was excited to, excuse me, about what he can bring to the table, you know, as a running back in the NFL. But he's one of those guys that was coming out, and I know you and I have discussed this, is he's more quick than fast. There's not enough straight speed with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's quick and all that, and he's got a lot of strength for his size, but when there's a 20-yard gain straight away to be had, he can't turn on the afterburners to go get that. Jarek McKinnon looked really good, and they signed Daniel, I mean, uh, you know, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. Right, so he's the guy I look at to be the guy to, to watch out for. Yeah, they brought Jarek McKinnon back recently. He was great in the postseason. Right? I'm, I'm and excited for him. I'm surprised somebody else didn't snatch him, yeah, frankly. Right. So uh, they got Ronald Jones, they got Jarek McKinnon, and I think you're right. It's going to be tough for Clyde Ebersolaire. He's just not going to get the opportunities because they have enough guys to make that go. And obviously with, with uh, Tyree Kill gone, they, they need their running backs to do a little bit more, especially in the passing game. Leonard Fournette with the Buccaneers. Yeah. Weight will not be a factor in week one, are you buying or selling? He reportedly showed up yesterday at 245. He's listed as 228. He reportedly was as heavy as 260, so he may have some more work to do in the sauna or elsewhere. Buy or sell, his weight's not going to be an issue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. I'm going to take it. You know, the first, this is it's, it's an interesting topic. You know, I, don't want, I don't want Leonard Ford at 260. All right, I got that. But as a guy that's seen these NFL running backs my whole life and been around them, I don't know if 228's right for him either. The hell with 228. Uh, that's what I would tell Leonard Fournette. Screw that. Who cares about 228 anymore? You're not outrunning anybody for 80-yard gains anymore. I say go 245 and just be a power back and run over people. I actually think that's going to extend his career. You know, him doing that. That's <laughs> very funny. That's really good. Uh, that's cool that he has enough, you know, uh, sense of a humor to make fun of himself. But I-, I-, I could see him going that route later in the career. We've seen guys do that before where they say, hey, I'm not as fast anymore. I'm going to be bigger, durable, break tackles, play that kind of football. That's what I would I'm, go for that, Leonard Fournette. His trainer recently said that after the offseason program, they put him in what the trainer called fat camp, and they had him in the sauna. And our guy Mike Ryan, the Sunday yeah, Night Football Sports Medicine Analyst, said that's not the way to do it. No. You're going to dehydrate yourself. And I've got Leonard Fournette on pulled hamstring, pulled quad, pulled calf muscle watch. Yeah, I Because if you. he has dehydrated himself to lose weight quickly, that's where it's not funny. You, you put yourself in a position as a highly – trained athlete to get potentially injured by losing weight too quickly and you know the, the days are gone of guys falling out of shape in the offseason and working their way it. back in right. they stay in shape all year long he plays with tom brady and he let himself get the 260 that's what surprised me more than anything else all right jerry jones gave another vote of confidence to coach mike mccarthy does anyone believe it we'll discuss that next here on pft live pointed out that um, you focus on successes more than failures. Um, with all due respect, what successes are you focusing on that over the last 20 years that say you guys are going down the right path? The, uh, and, and again, I appreciate your tenderness. 
Well, on the 10-year anniversary of Jerry Jones using the definitely incorrect term for the point that he was trying to make, we get another big laugh at the first press conference. You mean the drilling for oil? Camp. Is that what you're talking about, that term? Yes, the term right. that's commonly used in the wildcatting industry in which Jerry has been involved for years, which he responded to by saying, well, that's news to me. So uh, anyway, look it up. Uh, I, we've been a little loose with the language. I'm not going to go any farther down that road. <laughs> Regardless, Pete's very happy about that. Regardless, the Cowboys are back. Jerry Jones is back. And the questions remain about the status of Mike McCarthy. And here he is in his opening remarks from yesterday, anticipating the issues ahead of time uh, and talking about some of the problems the team has had. And as always, characterizing the glass, not as half full, as fully full, even if it's fully empty. Here's Jerry. One of the ones I want to address uh, directly because I guess it's uh, uh, the one that uh, uh, probably the one that I have the most sensitivity about, and that is Mike and him uh, coaching. And uh, I want to be real clear. He wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't think he was the man to lead this team to a Super Bowl. He would not be, and I have choices. Um, but I think the challenges that, you know, that are from the media and all the other things, and, and it's a huge challenge to, to be a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a huge challenge to be a Dallas Cowboy, and I think now being more in tune with that, you know, my daily focus is what affects winning, and, and that's really where I put my energy and my time into it. You know, I understand the negatives, you know, the, the narratives that you it's part of the job. And, and that's that's about as far as it goes with me. Look, this isn't going away, no matter how badly they want it to. And Jerry Jones has every reason to push aside the Sean Payton talk because you got to go all in with the guy you have. You only have so many more opportunities to try to win a Super Bowl. And if the specter of Sean Payton becoming the coach is enough incentive for Mike McCarthy to buckle down and do everything he can to get to the NFC Championship game, which hasn't happened since 1995, it is just weird to say that and actually get beyond it and win a Super Bowl, maybe that's good. And if it doesn't happen, they'll take it up next year. As, as I said on Twitter yesterday, Jerry Jones is a guy who is who is going to completely and totally and unconditionally, I may have said this on the show as well, support his head coach until the moment that he doesn't. And then it's like he never supported him at all because he's moved on to somebody else. So they have to be all in with Mike McCarthy for now. Next year, they'll worry about if and when they get to the point where they either don't make the playoffs or they get kicked out before winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I believe everything Jerry Jones is saying. I do. I mean, yeah, but he's... You know, again, it's another year where he's going to gather information. And if he has to make a cutthroat, tough decision at the end of the year, like you're saying, he's going to do that. But I, I do believe that he's, you know, got that confidence in Mike McCarthy. And of course, he wants it to work. And there's some things about their football team that, you know, are, are, are real. And it's talent. There is some talent. So we'll see where it goes. But like we said yesterday, with Sean Payton out there, that's always going to be a question. Mike McCarthy has a little bit of a stigma around him right now. You know, maybe not totally deserving. I will say that, and I, I, I will. But at the same time, yeah, there's been, like we've talked about, mismanagement of game, mismanagement of clocks, unbelievable penalties for your football team down the stretch of the last year. And then even last year, hey, it was a good year. We know that. The NFC stunk for the most part. It was nothing special. The NFC was nothing special. You know, and they had a good year. But they beat two teams that were in the playoffs last year. They kind of feasted on everybody else in the league. You know, and a, and a little bit of a favorable schedule. 
So that's where I think, you know, the questions about McCarthy going forward and where that is and with Sean Payton hovering, we're, we're, we're going to continue to hear this throughout the year. Jerry Jones said we need to be viable in the playoffs for it to be a successful season. Now, I've previously said they have to at least get back to the NFC Championship game for McCarthy to have a chance to return. They have to at least make it that far, and they haven't made it that far since 1995, the last year they won a Super Bowl. So I think the Peyton talk's not going to go away. I know it's not going to go away. No, no way. And, and if he ever wants to hire him, this is his chance. I mean, look, he's going to go somewhere after this season. Because someone is going to make a run at him, and it's all going to happen behind the scenes. All the pieces are going to be put in place before we even know that the head coach of the team where he ends up going is fired. So this is your shot. You're not going to hire him in 2024 or 2025. It's going to happen this year, after this season, or never. Break time. Brown's training camp has started. We're still waiting for the Deshaun Watson decision. Where do things stand? We'll address that next here on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. Free agency is crazy. You got to make, uh, you know, life-changing decisions, career-changing decisions in, you know, two hours. And um, is that what happened here? Yeah, you know, I, you know, it was, you know, it was fast. Um, you know, I loved all those guys, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to try to put it to the, try to put it to the side. I, I still, when I was at the ring ceremony, I still couldn't put it into words. You know, it's so hard. It's so hard to let go of LA. So hard to let go of Coach McVay, Les Snead, and especially Aaron Donald. Man, he's a great player. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, every time I think about it, man, I, you know, I get sad thinking about not playing with him. That's Von Miller with Peter King at Bill's training camp over the weekend. Peter's annual training camp tour continues tomorrow with the New England Patriots. You can catch all of Peter's interviews at our new NFL YouTube page, youtube.com slash NFL on NBC. Yeah, I would say he misses Aaron Donald. When when you're the guy that gets triple teamed your entire career and then you go play with the guy who gets triple teamed instead, your life gets a little easier, Chris. No doubt about it. Uh, he's he is. He makes life life easier for everybody, Aaron Donald. And we saw, I mean, with Von Miller, hey, again, I mean, he it didn't take him long to get comfortable there at LA. He got comfortable pretty quick and then really showed the ability to dominate you know, again, at the end of the season in the playoffs and even in the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how many years he's got left in the tank here, how good he can be on that Buffalo D-line. That Buffalo D-line is good, but they don't have a star or a marquee guy like you've talked about, like with Aaron Donald, that commands attention. And who is that going to be? They need somebody like that, for, in my opinion, to jump, up, jump out a little bit in that way if they want to be a Super Bowl team, and maybe Von Miller can do it. The Browns have a star at quarterback, but it's widely expected he won't be available for week one when the Browns take on Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. We're in kind of a weird spot right now. Four weeks ago today was day two of what was a three-day hearing on whether and to what extent he's going to be disciplined under the personal conduct policy by independent disciplinary officer Judge Sue L. Robinson. It's been two weeks and one day since all the paperwork was submitted. We are just waiting, Chris. And at some point, she's got to make a decision because if there's going to be appeals, there has to be an opportunity for that to happen before week one. I mean, the clock really is ticking. I expected a decision on Monday, the 25th. I did say at some point this week, I'll be stunned if we don't have something by Friday. She's got to turn this around because there are more steps and they have to know by week one what Deshaun Watson's status is. And look, I shed no tears for the Browns because they entered this with their eyes open. But the sooner they know what their their 
plan will be, what their status is with Watson, they can make the appropriate preparations for who's going to play quarterback. They know how many weeks they won't have him. So the sooner that we know, the sooner the Browns have their plan in place, and and uh, it just needs to happen. It's been too long. Yeah, I'm 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 shocked it hasn't happened. I'm with you there. It doesn't seem fair to the Browns that way. You know, it's not even necessarily fair to Deshaun Watson. You know, really. Uh, it just it's his life is in limbo here, and I know he's done some of these things or made his own bed here to a degree. So I'm not trying to give him excuses, but man, it's a tough situation. It really is. I don't know, Mike. Uh, again, the more time that goes by, I just feel like the the full year suspension thing is off the table. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. You know, even from a few people I talked in the league, it just doesn't seem the vibe. I think we're going to hear 12, 10, 8, and the NFL is maybe playing around with how they want to you know throw that first first number out there. The Browns are bracing for eight. I was told that last week. And somebody with extensive knowledge of the case and has reviewed the submissions of the two parties put the range at two games to eight. But remember this. If any discipline at all is imposed by Judge Suell Robinson, an appeal can be made by the NFL to the commissioner who can say, thank you, Judge Robinson, but you said four, I say 17. Goodell still holds the final hammer here. And that's going to be a fascinating wrinkle because we've never seen this process before. So we watch, we wait, and we wonder what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We're going to take a break. When we return, the new Vikings GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensah, said out loud what many have been thinking about the team's quarterback. We'll delve into that next here on BFT Live. I had to read this three times before I was comfortable in my understanding of the significance of what Vikings GM Kwesi Adolfo Mensah said to Jory Epstein of USA Today. Talking about building his new team, he said, I will be frank, the one asset where you get nervous about not burning it down is quarterback. We have a good quarterback, but we don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. The Super Bowl is more likely to win if you have that quarterback. It's very unlikely to have that quarterback. That is the most candid public assessment that we've had from anyone connected to the Vikings. Now, look, we know Mike Zimmer didn't like Kirk Cousins, but he never put it that bluntly. But it's the truth. You're more likely to win a Super Bowl if you have a great quarterback. Most teams don't have a great quarterback. And and that's fine. The fact that he took it a step farther and said you get nervous about not burning it down at quarterback, I think the problem is, and I had plenty of people arguing that the Vikings should get rid of Kirk Cousins. I know my son, a big proponent of getting rid of Kirk Cousins in the offseason. Who do you replace him with? Yeah, that's that's right. the problem. Right. You're not going to get Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. So you kick Kirk Cousins to the curb. Who's your quarterback going to be? You're going to make a play for Russell Wilson? You're going to make a play for Deshaun Watson? That's your only possible upgrade. Anything else is going to be a step down from what you have. I, I, I mean, agree with you, Mike. I mean, he's good. He's good. There's, there's, you know, again, there's been other quarterbacks that maybe aren't even as good as him that have won Super Bowls or at least been to the Super Bowl. I, I my, my thing here is, and and I have a a lot of respect here, you know, for for uh, Adolfo Mensa. I really do. I know a lot of people who know him. They have respect for him. I don't understand what good it does to say this. I don't understand what it what good it does to help your football team. And I'm not going to lie. Even with all the respect, I, it it seems a little excuse making a little bit. Like, and that's where I don't love it. 
You know, again, in advance. I, I know. And, and again, making your excuses I mean, in we advance. Know. Yeah, right. It's easy to win the Super Bowl or easier if you got Elway or, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Brady. We get that. But but that this seems like a cop out to a degree. I mean, again, there's other teams. The Rams, we didn't think Matt Stafford was that guy until what? Oh, he was that guy until he got on that team. We've talked about Nick Foles. We talk about the Rams with Jared Goff. None of those guys are the guy or that, but they got there and did it. You know, I even, you know, so, so that's where I don't love that conversation. I don't think that's fair to Kirk Cousins, and you kind of put him in a, in a bad spot there. This is a lesson to a first-time GM. When you're in your office meeting with a reporter, having a fairly casual conversation, you need to be aware. Those words are going to be the same as if you uttered them at a press conference. They're going to have traction, and the setting may dupe you into thinking. And this is just part of gaining experience in the job. Anything you say can and will be used against you when you're in a job like that. And uh, he got a little too comfortable. He, what he said is accurate. But the fact that it's out there, hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's just like the Cardinals with the with the homework clause. Maybe it gives Kirk a little a little uh, red hot poker to get him to be a better version of himself in twenty twenty two. Quick break. When we return, all pro linebacker is going by a different name, and it's not T Bone. More PFT live right after this. Yes, um, I grew. Um, I went by Shaquille my whole life. Um, my mom called me Shaquille, my family called me Shaquille, my friends and family called me Shaquille. I never went by Darius, only, you know, in, in school or if I was in trouble or once. <laughs> once I got here to the NFL, um, that's when the people started calling me Darius. Um, I hate it, uh, but, you know, coming in as a rookie, you know, I figured, you know, just just go with it. Um, didn't want to, you know, come in, you know, a rookie come in and sell him, call him somebody else, uh, call him a different name. So I just went with it. But, you know, I love, I love being called uh, Shaquille. Hate being called Darius. So, man, it's, I understand it's going to be hard, but I would love if y'all would try to, you know, call me Shaquille or D or Maniac uh, and not Darius. Thank you. Fair request. And Shaquille Leonard, the all pro linebacker of the Indianapolis Colts. And it, it's, I, I'm surprised it took him this long to get comfortable enough to say it. Yeah. I think at some point during his rookie year, he could have said, hey, by the way, call me Shaquille, and everybody would have complied. Yeah, you're. I, I, I think you're right. It would have been easier. It would have been easier for on people like you and me, but I, I'll do my best. I think I can make that change. At least it's a Shaq is such an easy name to kind of remember and say or whatever else. Hey, Mama calls him Shaq. Chris Sims going to call him Shaq. Whatever Mama says, I'm down with. So that's what we're going with. By the way, by the way. What? I got many emails yesterday because, for some reason, PFT Live was not on Sky Sports on Tuesday. Wow. It was the result of an internal staffing issue, and I am told that the issue is resolved. We will be to air as planned for the rest of the season and beyond Sky Sports. So let us know if we're not on again. I'll have to sift through 200 emails like I did last night. A staffing issue? They they are listening. They hear us, Come on, Sky. and they are responding. Come on, Sky. So, I didn't have anybody to press play yesterday? Come it's on. okay. It's in the past. We're looking forward. We're looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. See ya.